I'm excited to preach to this morning, and I hope you're excited to receive the word this morning, because uh, there's, there's every, every Sunday, right, I'm, I'm excited to preach, I'm excited to get, get out what God has put in me all week, and, and I'm excited to get to share that with you, and to, to pray that the Holy Spirit has already prepared the way for all of you to come here to hear what He has for you, not what this man has to say, but what the Holy Spirit has to say to you this morning, and, um, and we got a lot to get to this morning, so uh, buckle up, this is one of those messages that you know, I don't know what time you like to eat lunch around here, like, not today, okay? Nobody's laughing. But this is one of those ones that we have to, we have to just plow through. And there's a lot of scripture here this morning, and I hope you're ready for the teaching of his word. And I hope it's okay that we, we dig in and we really grab hold. And I think, I really prayed ahead, and I think that if you really let the message of today's sermon really permeate and really take it to heart and take it serious and ask the Holy Spirit to help you, I really think that this is life-changing words that have come from the Word of God this morning. So prepare your hearts um, even as we go through it. But we've been in this series called uh, Follow the Cloud, and really it's about taking next steps with God. It's about following the cloud. And we, we, we're talking about some timeless, really timeless principles um, in, a, in a fresh way. The whole concept of this following the cloud that we sort of are setting up, uh, and, I'm, and I'm going somewhere with this series, and I don't know if we'll get there this morning, but I'm preparing your heart, and the Holy Spirit is working, and, and is, He's working in and out, and I've heard some things this week. Um, the whole concept resonates of following the cloud it resonates because, you know, we are a church and a, and a people, really, of restful movement, right? We, we rest in Jesus. Our confidence is in Him, and yet we never stop moving forward with Him, right? Our confidence, we rest in Jesus, but we never stop moving forward with Him. Um, and it just occurred to me, pause, we'll get back to this in a second. I saw Elaine looking at me in, with those eyes, and she said, don't forget. And, and, and I'd see Dave looking at me too. Um, as you know, our, our sister Kathy Hess is, is in the hospital and she has undergone really brain surgery, right, to remove some tumors. And, and you all know the prayer requests that have gone out. Um, I want you to prepare your hearts because next week we're going to take a love offering up for Kathy. I'm sure there's, you know, plenty of things she's got coming up that she's going to have to deal with. They went in and, and yeah, they cut the skull open and removed tumor stuff and fragments and all that. And she did very well. And she's on the road to recovery for sure. But it's going to be a long road. And if you know anything about our sister Kathy, she doesn't like to sit still. She does not like to sit still. And I was at the hospital last week. And um, she has a good support system behind her in her family. And, and, and a really good one here in her church family. So we're going to take a love offering for her next week. So prepare your hearts and what God would have you do for her uh, for next week. So I didn't want to forget that. I meant to say that during the offering time. So back to the sermon. All right. Put the, put the, put the sermon hat back on. All right. Now y'all are looking at me like, all right, preacher, we're tired. Well, okay, just hang in there. But we always move forward. We come from this place of restful, um, this place we rest in Jesus. Yes, restful movement. 
So we rest in Jesus, but we are always moving forward with him. So the whole concept of following the cloud, remember that came from the Israelites, that, that God was leading them somewhere. He was telling them how to get somewhere. He was leading them with the cloud by, by day and a pillar of fire by night, right? He led the Israelites, uh, and we'll get, we'll get back into that, but if you follow along in the book of Exodus, um, we rest in Jesus, but we move forward with him, right? We're never resting and stopping. He's always leading, always taking us somewhere, always showing us what our next step in him is. And that's what we talk about, our spiritual walk, right? We say we're walking. We constantly want to become more like Christ. So it's a walk with Jesus. Let's walk with him. Follow him means he's going to take you somewhere. He's going to lead you somewhere. And all you need to do is follow him to the next part, the next step. So that's what the cloud represented up in there was his presence you know, but think about it throughout, throughout Scripture, this idea of moving forward, always moving forward. You know, there's all, it's all through the Scripture. You know, the, the, the Scripture says, be fruitful and multiply, right? Fill the earth and subdue it. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations. This idea of going. Walk by faith and not by sight. Run with perseverance the race that's been marked out for you. All of these different parts of Scripture, even Jesus himself, Come and follow me. This idea of, of coming to me and we're going somewhere. We're, we're pushing forward. He's leading us somewhere. This idea of advancing. Always, always receiving from him and advancing. This idea of moving forward. And all over the Bible there's this language of movement. These next steps. Advancing. Increasing. And that's the heart of really who we are as a people. As Jesus followers. And that's why this idea of following this cloud would resonate with us. And you say, okay, well, follow the cloud. Well, what is that? If you remember, it's, it's really just a, a physical picture of a spiritual truth. Remember, after 400 years of Egyptian slavery, God shows up to set his people free. And after setting them free to lead them to the promised land, he gives them a cloud to follow. Of all the ways that God could have led his people... He chose to do it through a very present and personal cloud. And he speaks with the gentleness of a whisper. Come and follow me. One next step at a time. He says, follow me. When I move, you move. When I stop, you stop. Where I go, you go. Keep your eyes on me, he says, and I will lead you to discover who you are, who I am, and what you are created to do. And so like with one next step at a time, he led them from Egypt and bondage to the promised land, this place of freedom. But did you ever stop and think about how did they actually know what to do? Like there they were, okay, they were out of freedom, out of bondage, out of slavery, and, and, I, and there's a cloud in the sky. And we're, I get it, we're supposed to take these next steps with God, but how do I know, God, what that next step is? How do I know? How do I know what to do? Think of all the obstacles, challenges, difficulties, all the chaos and confusion, all the issues of life that even the Israelites had. How did they know what to do? Well, there's three things they knew. Well, they, they, knew. They, they simply asked, they listened, and they responded to the voice of God. And if you want to know how the, kind of the secret of how it all worked out and how they learned to live free, they just asked God what, they wanted, what he wanted them to do. They listened to his voice, and then they responded by faith. 
In fact, if you're reading the Exodus story, and you might have, might have looked at that last week in your own private time, but you might have referred back to the sermon and said, well, how did this all happen with, with this cloud? And, and, and you, you, st- you stand amazed and you read it, how often God is actually speaking to them. Like he, he's talking to them literally all the time because he wants to show them the way. And the same is true for you and me. I bet there are all kinds of obstacles and challenges, difficulties, chaos, confusion in your life. And the question is, what do we do about it? Well, what do we do? The same thing they did. We ask, we listen, and we respond. In fact, I love what the Bible says. If you're wondering, well, God, I don't know. How do I do this? How, how can I? The Bible tells us to do this in James chapter 1. If any of you lacks wisdom, in other words, not sure what to do, how to go about it, wisdom, you should ask God. Ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. This wisdom. If you're trying to decide which way to go, how to do it, you ask God. In other words, God wants to speak to you. Not because you are so good, but because He is good. And he loves to instruct his, his children and teach you and guide you and show you his ways. And so what I'm trying to get across this morning is that learning to value the voice of God in your life is one of the most important things you will ever do. Because you see that the Bible says that faith comes by hearing, right? So what are we hearing? When you hear God's voice, it gives you faith. Okay, we're going to unpack that. But it gives you confidence. It gives you the boldness you need. It gives you that next step. It gives you the ability to move into the unknown because you know that God is with you. With you. You can hear the voice of God. And He reveals His voice in many different ways. But let me give you this. And if you're a note taker, we'll start with this. Second-hand Jesus will never give you first-hand faith. This is what the Israelites had to learn. Second-hand Jesus will never give you first-hand faith. But one word from God can change everything. I mean, if you remember the story of Peter, and I'm talking about hearing from God himself, not second-hand. You remember the story of Peter walking on the water? You know, you remember that some Bible students, right? Even if you're not a Bible student, you've been to a Sunday school class, you've heard the story of Peter walking on the water. The disciples are in the boat, and there's this kind of little storm that comes up, right? But here comes Jesus walking across the water, and, and Peter sees Jesus walking on the water. He looks out, and he says, Jesus, if it's you, tell me to come. And Jesus says, okay, Peter, come on. One next step at a time, Peter lifts the one leg out of the boat, gets the other leg out of the boat, and he starts to walk out of the boat, and he walks on why water. Why? Because his faith came from hearing Jesus. He heard what God said to him, and he moved forward in that faith. So he heard it, and then acted on the, out in faith. Because faith came from hearing. Now imagine... And we're talking about firsthand. He heard Jesus speak right to him. Now imagine if, if Peter never listened to Jesus himself. 
But he only listened to Jesus maybe through the other disciples that were there on the boat. He got this second-hand information. And they're all sitting on the boat. And Jesus, same situation, comes by walking on the water. And then Jesus talks to the disciples. And after a while, Peter taps John on the shoulder. What's he saying? Now John, if you don't know anything about John, he probably said first that he, first, he said he loves me. Remember, I'm the, I'm the disciple that Jesus loved. John loved to call himself that. Read the book of John. It's all through there. But he says, John, what did he say? And Peter looks back at looks John. John looks back at Peter and says, Well, Peter, he wants you to go out and walk on the water. You're funny, John. I mean, that's, that's very funny. What did he really say? Nobody can walk on water. I mean, that's a very, that's a, you're a comedian, right, John? Because that's hilarious. Come on, what's he really saying? John said, yep, yep, he's saying he wants you to come out on the water. Man, we got you, Peter. I mean, if you're going to go, man, go. You're the man. Walk out on the stormy water. You go, man. We, we'll cheer you on. There's no way Peter's getting out of that boat listening to what John had just said. Because secondhand Jesus doesn't give us firsthand faith. But one word from God Himself changes everything. The greatest mistake the Israelites made, and they made quite a few. The greatest one, the greatest mistake the Israelites made was rejecting the voice of God. God sets them free. He brings them to Mount Sinai. He wants them to be the children of Israel. He wants them to be a kingdom of priests, the Bible says. A holy nation set apart to Him. These are my people. He wants that for them. And here's what happens in Exodus chapter 20, verse 18. If you have your Bibles, your apps, Exodus chapter... We've been in Exodus anyway. One of the preachers I told you I listened to said, Exodus... Exodus chapter 20. It'll be on the screen as well. <clears throat> when the people saw the thunder and lightning and heard the trumpet and saw the mountain in smoke, they trembled it with fear and they stayed at a distance. And then verse 19, they said to Moses, speak to us yourself. They wanted, them, they wanted Moses to speak to them. Remember secondhand, Jesus doesn't give us her firsthand faith. Moses, speak to us yourself and we will listen. But do not have God speak to us, or we will die. Verse 21, the people remained at a distance while Moses approached the thick darkness where God was. This, this is their fatal flaw. This is the Israelites' fatal flaw. God's inviting them in, and they choose to lean out. God himself is calling them in. They say, Moses, you talk to him, and then let us know. See, they chose religion over relationship. God wanted to speak to them himself. They said, Moses, you go, and let us know. They were willing to follow God. They just weren't willing to talk to God. They were willing to know about God. Moses, you tell us. But they weren't willing to know God. And so they wanted Moses to basically be like, you know, like their broker. <laughs> like, go, go, Moses, you go. You go. You be our go-between between us and God. 
And like Moses, you go to talk to God and come back and tell us and we'll do it. The only problem is, like I said, secondhand Jesus never gives you firsthand faith. And this is why from here on out, you watch them struggle at every turn. Why? Because they didn't want to hear God for themselves. And I wonder how often that is true of us. How many times do we want someone else to hear God for us? Are you tracking with me this morning? We want that really spiritual person, right? That, that grandma that's really religious. Or that friend that we, you know, we, like, really knows God. Or that person on, on social media, you know, that posts all those good things about God and Jesus. It's almost like we want other people to hear God for us. But God wants to speak to you himself. So my question for you this morning is, are you remaining at a distance? Or are you approaching? See, isn't it fascinating that they thought if they heard God's voice that they would die? That they thought that if they heard God's voice, that was it for them. The truth is, we'd die without God's voice. I mean, look at what Jesus says. John 6, 6 verse, chapter 6, verse 63. The words that I have, say it with me, spoken to you, they are spirit and they are life. They literally thought, the Israelites thought that if they heard from God, they would die. See, I think if, if, if we think, if we hear from God, that he's going to just take away the things of life that we enjoy. So, so it's almost like, I don't want to hear God because I already know kind of what he's going to say. Right? Track with me, church. If I heard from God myself, a lot of times we think, boy, if I heard from God myself, God myself, I, I already know what he's going to say. Remember when you were a teenager or, or, or younger? Sorry, teenagers. Don't listen for a minute. Pretend this doesn't happen with you. But remember when you were a teenager and you had to go ask your parents for something and, and it, you knew what they were going to say? You just knew. It. Just go ask your dad. Go ask your mom. Okay, but I know what they're going to say. It's almost like that. We think that if we actually go to God and we, we ask Him for help, we confess things to Him, we know what He's going to say if we talk directly to Him. And we'd really rather not be confronted with that. So, so you go to speak to God for me and then come back to me and tell me what He said so I can argue and disagree with you. But when God speaks, things happen. The God who spoke the universe, right? He spoke, and the universe was in existence. The God who speaks and raises the dead throughout Scripture. The God who speaks and calms the storm is the God who wants to speak to you. And when God speaks, things happen. When God declares it, it is so. When God promises, it comes to pass. When God blesses, it is blessed. Look at this slide. Uh, yeah, Psalm 103 and verse 7. He made known his ways to Moses and his deeds to the people. He made known his ways to Moses and his deeds to to the people of Israel. This is the result. Because they leaned out and Moses leaned in, Moses got to know God's ways. 
And when you know someone's ways, it means you know their heart. It means you know their why, why they do things, like that's what they're about. And it, it means you, they, that you know who they are, you know, you know their core, their character, and who they really are when you know someone's ways. You know everything, in a sense, about them. But if you know someone's deeds, well, really, you, you just know what they do. You don't really know them. You know about them, you know their actions, you know what they can do. And because Moses leaned in, he got to know God's ways because the people sort of leaned out and said, you do it, Moses. They only knew his deeds. Let me ask you a question this morning. Do you know God's ways or do you know his deeds? Do you know God's why, his reasons? Do you know God's character? his heart, his goodness? Or do you just know the things that he does? It's the difference between knowing about God and knowing God. Matthew 12 says this, For out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. Your words reveal your heart. We know this is true. If you ever try, because if you talk to someone Whatever they're really saying to you, if you're in a deep conversation with someone, they're telling you what's going on in here, in their heart. They speak and they share and they talk about what's going on in their heart. You can see what they're saying. And the same is true with God's. God, His words reveal His heart. So if I never listen to His voice, I'll never get to know His heart. If I reject his voice, I've actually rejected God himself. Think about the relationships in your life. Well, why do you communicate with people? Why, you don't communicate really just to exchange information and knowledge most of the time. You communicate for, for intimacy, for friendship, for more. I mean, you communicate. We tell people what's... We try to connect our hearts with one another. What's on your mind? What's on your heart? Let's talk it through. Let's get through, I'll help you through. Let's get through it. Let's pray together. We try to get to know each other's heart. That's why we communicate. The same is true with God. That God loves to give you the wisdom, we read the scripture, and insight and counsel and direction in the next steps you should take with him and where you should go. But he primarily wants to speak with you and speak to you because... He wants you to know his heart. It's so important to understand. And the primary reason for hearing God's voice is not to, to try to figure out what your next step is. And I know you're saying, wait a second, weren't we just setting all that up? Didn't God want to guide them to their next step? Isn't that what? It is. But hear me, this, it's not, should I do this? Should I do that? God, what's, what's next for me? Point me in this direction. It's not really all about that. How do I respond, God? Where do I, where do I put my efforts? Should I go this way? Should I go to this school? Should I take this job? Should I go with this person? Should I not? Should I break up with this person? What's your next steps? It's really a, more about... He wants to tell you those things, but it's not the primary thing. God wants to have conversation with you so you get to know His heart and get to know His character. So the real question isn't, is God speaking? The question is, are we listening? And do we actually value, it's important, what he has to say? Do we actually value what he has to say? It's not, 
is God speaking? I'm, I'm pretty sure we're proving the point that God is speaking. The question is, are we listening and do we value what he has to say? You tracking with me, church? Stay with me. This is one of those messages. We've got a lot of scripture coming at you. A lot's coming at you. Try and process it all. But I'm, I'm going I'm to kind of blow this up for some of you this morning um, because some of you might have the mindset, maybe people that have told you in the past or something that you've kind of come in, in contact with in the past or maybe your, your history tells you this or maybe someone has, has falsely told you this. But some of you might think that God doesn't speak, right? That God just doesn't speak. Of course, you may not hear God, you know, in your audibly in your ear, you know, speak to you. Joke, I'm talking to you. You know, you're not you might not hear that. But does God speak? Okay. A lot of people will say, Well, I, I've never heard God speak. Well, well, just open your eyes and pay attention. Because we say, Well, I've I've never heard him speak, so he must not speak. The only problem with that is, and this is true for so many things in scripture and in, in your life. The only problem is you don't want to make truth declarations based on your own experiences or lack thereof. Just because you haven't heard anything doesn't mean it doesn't happen. Just because you've never experienced something doesn't mean it doesn't happen. It doesn't, you don't let, you want to let truth define truth. And the truth is found in God's word. Or, or God define what is real. Here we go. And, and if you read the Bible, if, if you had the opportunity, you were just sort of wandering through life, and you found a Bible, having had no history at all, with, and, he, and you just found a Bible laying on, on the road. You open it up and you start to read through the Bible. If you read straight through the Bible, you would never come to the conclusion that God doesn't speak to his people. Like, it's literally on every page. He is speaking to his people. Well, how do we ever come up with a conclusion that God does not speak? So, if you're ready this morning, we're going to just blow this one out of the sky. And if you're ready, it's kind of like, does God speak? Well, here we go. Uh, Matthew 4.4. Man does not live, shall not live by bread alone, but but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Come, here comes, is present tense. It means God didn't just speak in the past. It means He's speaking right now from His mouth to your heart. John 10, 27. My sheep listen to my... Are you, is Jesus your shepherd? He says, well, okay, then my sheep listen to my voice. And he says, you hear his voice if, you're, if, you're, if he's your shepherd. How about this one? Acts 2.17. Are, are, are we in the last days? Are you convinced that we're in the last days? In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people, and your sons and daughters will prophesy. And in verse 18, young, your young men will see visions, your old men will dream dreams. And he says, even, even on my servants... Both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days, and they will prophesy. Now, prophesy, don't get all excited. Prophesy simply means to hear from God and speak to people. Prophesy, prophets, right? Prophesy, it means to hear from God and to speak to people. Now, if you just shelve the speak to people part, it means hearing from God. So, here we go, right? Are we in the last days? This is participatory. Can you help me out just a little bit? It's very lonely up here and quiet this morning. I don't know what's going on, but we need to really get excited about what God's about to say because he's speaking. Are we in the last days? Are you people? 
Are you a son or a daughter? Are you, are you, are you a servant? Are you a man or a woman? We, we ain't going there this morning, brother. Are you a man or a woman? Thank you. Then you can hear God's voice. You can hear God's voice. One more. Isaiah chapter 30. Whether you turn to the right or the left, your ears will hear what? A voice. Behind you saying, this is the way, walk in it. I see you. Do you ever turn to the right or the left? Do you ever turn to the right or the left? Then you can hear his voice. All over scripture, God is speaking. All over. And the best way I can illustrate it to you is like this. When you were born as a baby, right? When you were born, you didn't have to learn how to hear. You were born with ears. They were already turned on, and for most of us, they worked. Your ears worked. You didn't have to turn them on. You didn't have to activate them. You didn't have to learn how to hear. They just were on. You were hearing. You were out and you were hearing. All you had to do was learn to tune into the voice of the one that was holding you. Right? You had to learn the language that was being spoken. When you were born again, you're born with spiritual ears. You don't have to grow them. You don't have to get them turned on. You don't have to figure out how to make them work. You just have to learn to tune into the voice of who is holding you and learn the language he's speaking in the midst of the fear and the shame and the condemnation and the chaos of this world. And what I love about God is he speaks to you in a way that you can understand. Come on, church, think about kids. Think about my kids for a minute. Think about your kids, right? Think about babies that you're around kids. You know when you're around babies and they're just babies, you do the baby talk thing, right? Come on. You just do. Yes, it is. Yes, it is that. Yes, you found your nose. Is that your nose? Yes, it is. Oh, yes, it is. Come on, man, you've done it. We've all done it. But after they get a little bit older, a little bit bigger... And you know, you're encouraging them. You're like, come on, buddy. Come on, honey. You can do it. Come on, you're good. You can go do it. Go, yeah. They learn to walk. Yeah, you can. Yeah, come on, honey. You can do it. You get to speak to them in that level. And now that my kids are teenagers, I speak to them how they understand. I just ask a lot of questions. I just ask a lot of questions. So I speak to them in a way they can understand I don't make them jump up to my level or, or, my, or my level or wisdom or understanding. I speak to them. I come down because I want them to know my heart. The same is true with God. And what you need to remember is that God won't always tell you what you want to hear. But He always tells you what you need to hear. He always tells you what you need to hear. And I guess my question is, are you open to that? You tell him, tell him, God, I'm ready to hear what you have for me. And he might not always tell you what you want, but he will always tell you what you need. 
I remember several years ago, uh, I felt this desire, this, this calling, this inner voice of God saying, I, I, and we, were, we had been at our home church for, I mean, Brenda was born in that church, you know, and it, was, it had been years and years and years we had been there. And, and I felt God telling us in one season, um, I need you to pull away from there and go start a church over here. I said, what? Remember that? We stepped out on faith. We were like, what? 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 This is where we are. This is, we are plugged in. We are doing. We are leading. We are, we are here. This is our church. <laughs> and God said, I need you to step away from there. And I need you to go start a work over here. And that's all he said. I said, well, what's that all about? This is your next step. He said, I need you to plant a church here. So we leave from Coriopolis where we were. I mean, Brenda was born there. Her, uh, her parents, long history, great-grandfather pastored that church. I mean, it was, that was our church. But he said, you know what? I need you to go up here to Cranberry. And I need you to be here for a little while. And start a work there and go there. So we did. We said, Pastor, this, this is what we're doing, and this is where we feel God's leading us. And then they got behind us, and they said, okay, if God's telling you to do this, then you go do it. And we went up there, and we, and we got together in an old theater, which was kind of fun, because I got to preach, like, in the round. It was neat. So we, had the, we, we got, some, got some guitar players that we knew, we got some singers that we knew, we had to set up a screen, and we're going to have this thing, and we're going to have church in this old theater, we're going to put signs out, and we're going to do what we're going to go set up and tear down every week. We're just, this is where God's having us right now. So we get up there, and we, we called it Church Alive, Church of the Nazarene. I mean, we were like, this is a place that's going to be filled with life. We get up there, and we had like Sunday school in the lobby, and the church service was in the theater, and, and it was like around. It was so cool, and we're doing our thing, and we felt like, you know what, God? God put people in our lives for that season to help us do that work and to minister to one another in that situation. I mean, we, people in that congregation, there were, I don't know, 25 or 30 on our first Sunday, and and. We did, I did what's called spontaneous baptism, right? I taught, I taught a sermon. I taught sort of a lesson about what baptism is. And, and my mother, my own mom, and she's probably watching, my own mother asked me if I would baptize her in our new church. I'm like, come on, let's do it. I baptized her. I baptized my wife that Sunday. And a few more people came out of the congregation because I invited them to, not prepared to be baptized, and were baptized that very day. I think it was opening Sunday or the one, it was like right after things were rolling. And, and, but why, God? Why are we here? Well, it was for these folks, for these folks, and for this baptism and for that to happen. And then a few months in, I was reading in the book of Nehemiah. And when we left uh, the church down there in Coriopolis, the, uh, the church was, was suffering. Not because we left, it's just because of some things that had happened over the years and the church was struggling and sort of the last thing I thought God would want us to do would be leave. But he called us out and so I was reading the book of Nehemiah and then God spoke to my spirit and he said, you've accomplished what I set you there to accomplish and it's time for you to go back to Coriopolis and help to rebuild the walls. Remember in Nehemiah when, when he was called out to rebuild the temple? And so God said, you know what? I need you to go back and to help rebuild the walls. There's a lot going on there. We need you guys there to help rebuild the walls. 
And so I had to, I said, okay, no, God, well, I'm listening to the Spirit of God. I made sure every person in that, in that congregation had a place to be planted, and they did. And, and a lot of those, those folks are actually thriving in their Christian walk today, and, and I'm, I'm so happy for that. But we went back, and I tell you all that to tell you this, because the voice of God was not telling me what I wanted to hear, but it was, He was telling me what I needed to hear. And so I get back to Coriopolis, and we get back there, and the first thing the pastor, I said, well, here I am, ready to help rebuild the walls. Give me some, give me some cement and some, give me a trowel, and let's go rebuild these walls. Let's go. And you know what the pastor told me? One word. Just wait. Oh, what do you mean, pastor? I'm back. Like, we're back. Like, it's time to go. We're ready to go. Let's rebuild the walls. We're here. This is what God told me. We're here. And he said, yeah, I know what he told you. But I need you to just sit. And wait. Just sit. And if any of you know me, I'm not a person that can just sit. I'm not a person that can just sit by and be like, alright, I'll just sit then. But God was speaking to me through that, through, through that pastor. And that's exactly what I needed during that time, was to not get right back in and get to... Just wait. Listen for the voice of God to tell you what your next step is. And instead of jumping in, and that's exactly what I needed. I needed to wait. That pastor was the voice of God speaking to me and telling me what I needed to hear. Not necessarily what I wanted to hear. So maybe you're here and after a season, a long season, you feel like, you know what, I, can't, I just can't hear the voice of God. I can't hear God at all. Let me ask you something. If you're, if you're here this morning and say, you know, I don't really hear God. Ask yourself why. Do you feel his presence here this morning? If the answer is yes, that's his voice. I'm not talking about an audible voice. Do you feel his presence here this morning? Do you know you're in the presence of God? That's his voice. Is there a verse that, we, that you read or that we've talked about this morning that jumped out and just brought you some comfort? Or were you comforted in worship this morning? Do you know? Do you feel God's presence? Are you comforted in, in worship during worship, praise and worship, singing time this morning? Well, then that was His voice. Are there godly relationships in your life that are encouraging you and giving you wisdom and insight? Those godly relationships are His voice in your life. Do you find yourself on a morning like right now, this morning? coming in here and feeling any bit of peace for just a little while, then that peace is His voice. Don't look for this big audible booming voice. God can do that, but most of the time, God speaks to us in a whisper. Whisper. Why? Why do people whisper? Because He's close. He's close. And He wants to be Closer still. So it causes you to lean in so that we can hear Him. Are you with me on this, church? You remember the story of Samuel, right? Samuel's a little boy. He grows up in the presence of the Lord. Here's a little asterisk for you. We also grow up in the presence of the Lord. Uh, maturity is not about uh, age, information, knowledge, or education. Maturity comes from experiences and encounters you know, with the presence in, of the Lord, in the presence of the Lord. 
That's why we always want our students, right, to be with, with us in, in service. Because they can experience and encounter God in this time, and it actually starts to mature them along. So here's Samuel, this little boy, and he doesn't know how to hear God's voice for himself. And so one night he lays down and he hears, Samuel, Samuel. And he thinks it's the priest, Eli, right? So he gets up and he runs to Eli and he says, you called? And Eli says, I didn't call you. Go lay back down. So he goes back, lays back down. And he's a little bit confused, but he's like, all right. So it happens that he hears it a second time. Samuel, Samuel. So he gets up and runs out to Eli and he says, what is it, sir? Samuel, I, I didn't call you. Leave me alone. I got a busy day tomorrow. Go back to bed, man. Samuel goes back and lays down. Third time it happens. This time Eli catches it and he says to Samuel, I think God is speaking to you. And the next time he calls your name, you say, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. And in 1 Samuel, I have it here. The Lord came and stood there calling as the other times, Samuel, Samuel. And then Samuel said, speak. For your servant is listening. Samuel learned how to tune in to the voice of God and he positioned himself by saying, your servant is listening. Part of hearing God's voice is positioning ourselves before him with the posture and humility of a servant. To decide that I'm, I'm really going to do whatever he tells me before he even says it. Like I'm a servant, God, I'm here. Whatever you have for me, I'm listening. Speak for your servant is listening. Whatever you say, Lord, before you even tell me what this is, Lord, I'm listening. And I am your servant. You say, I will believe, I will trust, I will follow, I will obey. I will, I will. That's how we value the voice of God in our lives. And what I love is then Samuel started growing. He started learning how to hear God's voice just like you do as a physical baby listening to hear your mom or your dad's voice. He started learning how the voice of God spoke as he grew. And we look at it in 1 Samuel 3.19, just a little further in that chapter. The Lord was with Samuel as he grew up and he let none of his words fall to the ground. And that just means that every time Samuel spoke, he had power and authority because he was listening to God. Do you ever feel like when you speak, the words fall to the ground? Parents of teenagers? Hello? Woo! <laughs> the authority of, to speak comes from the willingness to listen, and that if you value God's voice, He will empower your voice. The reason your words fall to the ground at home or at work or, you're, or with your loved ones or in the world around you is because you, we're not listening, we're not aligned with the author of life who is speaking life. But if we will value, He will empower. One of the things that I'll, I'll just throw it out there for you, one of the things that concerns me in, in, in this season of where we are, like as Jesus' church and in the world at large, is years ago, the number one question that people would hear, that, I, that pastors would hear and, and you know, spiritual leaders would hear, um, how do I hear God's voice? 
People would say, for years, that was the number one thing. How do I hear God's voice and determine His will for my life? That's the question. Like, that's the overarching question. People would come and they would say, how do I hear God's voice and determine His will for my life? But there was this hunger. There was this need, uh, this urgency. Like, I don't know how, but I, I want to hear God speak. I want to hear what He has for me. Why am I here? Remember the Purpose Driven Life book? And how, why that, sir, that sold so many millions of copies? Because we all wanted to know why we're here. Why do we exist? Why, what is God saying? And what is His will for my life? And I've been thinking about this re- re- lately, and I really can't remember the last time I heard that question. I'm thinking, why is this? Why? Why? Why don't we have the same sort of desperation? And I think the reason we don't have that desperation and that desire to hear God's voice is because we don't really value God's voice. The question is not, is God speaking? The question really isn't even, are we listening? The question is, do we value what He has to say? And I think we're honest. We often, there's so many voices So much information, so much noise coming at us that God's voice is just one of many. Just one of so many. And if we're honest, a lot of us, we don't necessarily even want a Moses to be a mediator. In fact, we're getting to a place where we don't even, and even in the church world, where we don't even want a Moses in our lives. We don't necessarily need Moses as as a mediator Or we don't need that spiritual grandma or that that spiritual friend. What has become the mediator for a lot of us. So many people, the mediator, the, the voice of God you're trying to substitute is social media. It's literally like scrolling through your feed. And as long as I have two or three Jesus Bible verses there during the day, the feel good quote of the day or that little devotional thing or the quick little reel or the quip or the quote, And there's nothing wrong with any of that. But those things cannot become the voice of God in your life. (sighs) Hebrews chapter 1. In the past, God spoke to our forefathers through the prophets. And at many times, in various ways. But in these last days, He has spoken to us by His Son. He wants to speak to us through Jesus, by His Son. Jesus, perfect theology, the representation of God. Jesus, the wisdom, the way, the truth, the life. He wants to speak to you. He just doesn't want you to have a little social media square and think you're good. Here's how I can prove to you that I think we've lost the value of God's voice. What is the last thing you listen to before you go to bed at night? And what's the first thing you listen to or hear when you wake up in the morning? I bet the overwhelming percentage of people would say whatever was on that device is the last thing you heard or saw for that day. And probably the first thing. Social media, the news, the stock market, whatever it is. Before you even get out of bed, you know, you're like, 
Huh. Heart. Comment. I had a bad experience there too. Me too. And if you're laying in bed at night, say, heart, comment, I had a bad experience there too. And we don't value it. We don't value God's voice because it's just one of many. I think the main reason, the real internal reason that we don't value God's voice is because we think we can't handle the conflict that it brings into our life. You're like, wait a second, isn't God vo- uh, God's voice like supposed to help us? It is, but sometimes what Jesus says, it brings conflict in your own soul. Some might even call it conviction. We don't want to hear God's voice because we know what He's going to say and it's going to bring conflict in our soul. Look how He talks to the disciples. He says things like, do you still not understand? He asked them, are you so dull? I love that. He asked them one time, do you have such little faith? He says, go and make disciples. He says, forgive as I have forgiven you. He reminds them, remember, I forgave you, so now go forgive. He says to them on one occasion, you give them something to eat. It's conflict. He says, love your enemy. It's conflict in our soul. It's this grace and truth tension. We want grace, but we forget that Jesus is grace and truth. You can't separate them out. Where, there's no, where there is truth, there is grace. And where there is grace, there is truth. They're both together. Grace empowers us, right? To walk out the truth that will set us free. But I think we just don't want the conflict of what it actually means to our soul. Further on in Hebrews, for the Word of God... God's voice is alive and active, sharper than any double-edged sword, and it penetrates even dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow, and it judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. I don't want to hear God's voice that's going to judge the attitudes and thoughts of my heart. I don't want a double-edged sword, which means sometimes God wounds us so He can heal us. But if God is good, then everything He has to say to you is good. If God is love, everything He says is loving. If God is life, everything is life-giving. But we want that quick little social media square of the day. That really happy Bible verse. That's enough. We heard God's voice today. As opposed to allowing God to actually challenge some of the thoughts and attitudes in our heart that are hurting us and the people around us. I hope this is resonating with somebody this morning. But this is what we don't value because we don't want conflict. But oftentimes it's in that conflict or that conviction that can set you free. Two of the things that I'm always trying to do here, and we always do as a a church, we try to teach you to think like the kingdom and hear God's voice for you. And it's why we end almost every service by saying, what is the Holy Spirit saying to you? Because I I really don't care what I just said to you for the last 40 minutes. I care what God is saying to you. 
That's why we use like nine million verses most times in, in, in the teachings. Because I don't... Why so much scripture? Because this is God's voice in your life. How do you hear God's voice? You, you read it. You read His Word. How do you value it? You put time in. You dig in. Oh, I have so much more of amount of time. Next steps. Next steps for hearing God's voice. First of all, slow down. Then engage the scriptures. Seek Him. Pursue godly relationships. And ask for confirmation. Slow down. You can't hear God's voice going 10,000 miles an hour. Slow down. The reason we don't slow down is because we are terrified of the storm that rages within. If I go fast enough, I can keep it all covered up. If I'm fast enough, if I'm loud enough, if I'm strong enough, I can keep it all covered up because I'm scared to death of the storm that rages within. But when I slow down, that storm starts to rage and that's when God shows up to speak to you. The Israelites says, this is what it says in Exodus, Moses used to take a tent and pitch it outside the camp some distance away and, and called it the tent of meeting. And anyone inquiring of the Lord would go to the tent of meeting outside the camp. In other words, if they wanted to hear God, they had to get out of the rhythm and routine of their normal life. When's the last time you went outside the camp? Outside of your routine. Outside of the norm. Next, engage the Scriptures. God writes like He speaks and speaks like He writes. A word of God once spoken continues to be spoken. And that whatever value you've given the written word of God is the value you've already given the spoken word of God. So if I don't value the Scriptures and what He's already said, I won't value what He's going to say. If, God, if I'm faithful with little, He will entrust you with much. Seek Him. Seek Him. You actually have to pursue it. You have to seek Him. Do you open your Bible and expect to hear from God? Do you come to gatherings like we have here on a Sunday morning expecting to hear from God? Do you come in expecting? Or did you come in with, you know, rushing, late, chaos, frustrated? I don't like this song. He's going too long. Is it over yet? Or did you literally come in here this morning and you're like, you know what? Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. And then pursue godly relationships. Get around other people who hear the voice of God and you'll hear the voice of God. I have a lot of friends that I am I'm convinced that they hear the voice of God and they communicate with that to, to, to me with that and we grow together. They're the voice of God in my life. And then last, lastly on that list was ask for confirmation. God is totally okay with us saying to, for, to God, is that really you, Lord? Because I wasn't sure. And I need to know, God, was that really you? Here's how to know the voice of God and if it's really the voice of God in your life. First, you ask yourself, does this align with Scripture? Does what I'm hearing align with Scripture? Because if it doesn't align with Scripture, it wasn't God. Don't pass go. Don't collect $200. Jesus is the Word, was the Word, and is the Word to come. He is the Word. He will not say anything that contradicts Himself. So if it contradicts His Word, 
it wasn't from him. You can check it out. Like if you tell me that, it, that God told you it's okay to stop the commitment you made to someone else, I would challenge that. Because Jesus says, let your yes be yes and your no be no. So I don't know if that could be God because he's contradicting himself. If you say that I know that God has me where he wants me to be, and that's a place that contradicts the scripture, then that's not God. It's not. You say God told me to be the the, the social media self-appointed watchdog or the God-appointed watchdog to tell people how bad a restaurant is, how bad a person is, how bad a candidate is, or whatever it is. God appointed me to do that. I would challenge that because if that was God, God says in His Word to speak ill of no one. So how could that be God? If you tell me that you can follow Jesus without going to church, without the church, well, I'm, I just follow my own, I just do my own thing. It, you know, and I, would, I would say that I don't think that's God because Jesus says He's building His church and we are the body of Christ. And He's assembling us together. If it contradicts what God has already said, it's not God. Does godly counsel confirm what God has laid on your heart? I love what it says in Acts 15. It seems good to the Holy Spirit and to us. Do you have people in your life who will say that it, that it seems good to the Holy Spirit and to us and will call you out on things? One author I read recently said, that if this is of God, if there's something is in your life and you think, God, is that you? Is there a sacred echo? Do you hear it in more than one spot? How many times have you been praying about something and then someone else talks to you about it and you're like, I was, I was just praying that. If there are circumstances like open doors, God is so good that normally He won't just say it once. There will be this sacred echo. He's not just like, hey, sorry, man, you missed it. That was your chance. That's it. Door's closed now. You should have been listening. No, he puts people in your lives that say, you know what? I I was just talking about that. This must be. And the last thing to to know if you're hearing right from God is, does what you're doing or what you think God is leading you to require faith on your part? Because if you're not sure, you're like, this is a leap of faith. I'm not sure. Does it require faith? And lastly, does it lead you toward Jesus? If you tell me that God spoke to you and he, He's given you a certain thing and he, maybe he's, you tell me that God spoke to you and gave me this job and, and, you're, and I'm supposed to uproot my entire family and go somewhere and you'll never have time really to devote to Him but God gave you this job, I would challenge that. Because if it doesn't lead you toward Jesus, He won't tell you to do anything that leads you away from Him, ever. God's voice is peaceful, loving, full of grace and truth. The world's voice is full of shame, condemnation, fear, guilt. Reject that. God's voice will bring peace, 
love, grace, and truth. Would you stand this morning? Grace empowers you to walk out the truth that will set you free. God is speaking. The question is, can you hear Him and do you value what He has to say? That's how you learn to live free. Father, in Your presence this morning, God, we are listening for Your voice. Would You speak to Your people? God, it really doesn't matter what I've said in the last 40 minutes. God, it matters what You are saying to Your people. And so I would challenge every person in here and everyone watching online that you would ask God this morning, Holy Spirit, what are you trying to say to me? What are you saying to me this morning? If you've heard the voice of God this morning and you know beyond a shadow of a doubt that you have heard it, and He's telling you something, telling you to start, telling you to stop, telling you to change, it's the voice of God. God is good and wants to be good in your life. Anything He's leading you toward or leading you out of is better for you because it's God. If He's leading you toward something, into something, then awesome. Go run toward that. Both feet all in. Jump in with what God has you going toward. Get there. Do it. Go out in faith. Do it. On the other hand, if God is leading you out of something, He wants you to live free. He has things that He has for you that you don't even know about because you haven't surrendered to Him. And you're wondering why you're walking around with these guilt and these burdens and all this trouble and strife and all of this stuff. It's because you're not living for Him. Come out of that and live for Him. Don't worry about the consequences. Don't worry about the shrapnel and the things you're leaving behind. If God is calling you out, He has something better for you. He will work it out. He'll be with you every step of the way. He wants you to live free. He loves you. If God is for you, the Word says, who can be against you? If He's calling you out, step out. Well, Pastor, you don't understand the consequence. I do. Maybe I don't, but God does. And if He's calling you out, then obey Him and get out. And He will help you pick up the pieces. And what's on the other side is so much better. So as we pray this morning, and God, as we stand here in your presence, Father, I thank you for meeting us in this place. I thank you, Lord, for speaking. And we will follow your voice, God. And we hear you loud and clear. And Holy Spirit, this morning, I know you're at work in this place. So I guess the challenge that I would leave here as we have our heads bowed and eyes closed and we're, we're in full submission to the Lord, and His speaking and His leading. If God is calling you into something this morning, I'll pray for you. You say, Pastor, I'm ready. God has spoken and I'm ready to jump into whatever He has for me. I'm ready to jump in. God will 
God will meet your need. He will provide. If you say, Pastor, that's me, just slip your hand up and say, God, Pastor, I'm ready to jump into what God has for me. On the same token, if you have something that God is leading you out of, then say that this morning to God. Say, Lord, I'm ready. I'm not living free, and I need to be free. So God, I don't know what it means for me or what it looks like for me going forward, but I am ready to do what you would have for me to do and get out of the situation that I'm in and follow you. If that's you this morning, just slip it up. Slip your hand up and say, that's me. I'm ready, Pastor. I'm ready. I'm ready to jump into what God has because it's so much better. He'll pick up the pieces. Amen. Father, in your presence this morning, I pray that you are working on hearts and lives. We would not leave here the same as we came in. God, bring us together tonight for a time of fellowship and blessing. And Lord, I pray that everyone in this room would be listening for your voice as they depart from this place, but not from your presence. In Jesus' powerful name, and everyone agreed by saying amen. Amen. Thank you all for hanging in there with me this morning. I pray that this message was a blessing and that you will listen for God's voice. Amen.